0: Well, welcome to Tea Time Spiritual Conversations for, with, and about women. I'm your host, Twana Henderson, and I want to remind you to like this podcast and share it with your family and your friends. Well, we have another amazing guest on today. Our guest for today is Michelle Deadly. Uh, Michelle is the founder of Fashion and Compassion, a ministry dedicated to empowering women overcoming poverty and in, uh, injustice locally and globally. Uh, Michelle began her career in corporate America. She graduated from the University of Southern California and has lived in Charlotte, North Carolina for over 20 years. Um, In 2016, Michelle was selected as one of the 50 most influential women in Charlotte and has been honored for her work with fashion and compassion. She is married with four kids, and she and her husband have helped educate two college students from Burundi. I hope I said that right, East Africa. Michelle, welcome to Tea Time.
1: Thanks so much, Tawana. It's so great to be here with you.
0: Well, it's good to have you. I love the name Fashion and Compassion. So just tell us, tell us exactly what is Fashion and Compassion and what is its mission?
1: Yeah. Fashion and Compassion is a ministry that the mission is essentially to connect vulnerable women with God, with one another and with the resources that they need to transform their lives. So it's really utilizes, um, the opportunity to bring women together in a community to they make jewelry um, in in different settings, depending on where they are around the world. But we really try to connect them in a relationship with God, connect them to a supportive community and then help them access the resources that they need. Oftentimes the work is in a, it's a really transitional um, type of work. It's not intended. We're not trying to train up jewelry designers, but we're really (laughs) trying to help women particularly who are in transition here in the Charlotte community, to be able to have um, have a work experience that's positive and encouraging, especially for women who've been out of the workforce for for perhaps a number of years. And it could be intimidating to go back in, so.
0: So anyway, yeah. so what what inspired you to to start uh, fashion and compassion? Do you have a fashion background? Or- no, I have no fashion <laughs>
1: background. Really, I I made up the fashion stuff kind of as I went. Um, I, really, it started from a trip I took to Central Africa in 2008. Um, a lot happened on that trip, but I was in Rwanda and I met just some amazing women and men who had overcome just incredible suffering there from the genocide. And I really realized that I had no concept of the plight of the suffering. Um, Mm -hmm. And that, that I, yeah, I hadn't experienced, I hadn't had a life that I'd had anywhere near that. I mean, nothing that could even compare to that level of suffering. And so after that trip, my life was just changed. And I started initially helping with a girl's school in Rwanda. And from that, I uh, learned about a project in Uganda with paper beads where women were just trying to support their families by making and selling these paper beads. So I started selling them through my local church here in Charlotte, um, out of my dining room, you know, kind of anywhere that I could and just essentially sending the money back to them. And um, and so as that that the paper beads were kind of new at that time now they're kind of old mm-hmm. <laughs> or kind of not as popular as they were at that time mm-hmm. and and so the sales were kind of like going gangbusters and wow. so what we and and then i met a woman here in charlotte um around the same time who was had been in commercial sexual exploitation herself and mm-hmm. she was trying to help other women come out of that lifestyle by teaching them to bake and she was always looking for any opportunity that she had to give them employment where they could earn some money. And mm-hmm. so I had these broken paper bead necklaces from all just from ha- having, from selling these necklaces for a couple of years. And um, and then I picked up these beautiful Ethiopian crosses on a trip. Um, through Ethiopia. And so I thought, what if we took these necklaces, what if we took these broken necklaces, restrung the beads and added this Ethiopian cross, and we hire the women that you're working with to do that. And so that's kind of how it started. And we just found once we got the women around this table, that just kind of like magic happened. Uh, The Women started sharing their hearts. Um, We we would pray with them. We kind of started doing a lot of just sharing around what are your highs and lows. And then we would just pray for, Mm -hmm. we would just pray for the women. And, um, And then we also, as we heard their stories, we heard about places where they needed connections or they needed resources. And I was like, I'm kind of a connector. That's probably my best natural gifting. And so I was like, oh, well, I know someone who can help you with that. Or have you heard about this organization or whatever? And so we just kind of started naturally making connections um, for the women utilizing our social capital and just found that that kind of combination of the women being together in kind of a peer support group, getting Mm -hmm. connections to resources and being able to earn a little bit of money was a really great combination for their ultimate transformation.
0: So how long has it been? When did you actually start Fashion and Compassion? We
1: officially launched Fashion and Compassion as a nonprofit in um, 2012.
0: Okay. 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 So tell me, what's been the biggest thing that you've learned about yourself since Mm -hmm. starting Fashion and Compassion? Mm -hmm. That's a great question.
1: And I think I've learned. Um, well, I've learned definitely that I like to start things. I don't love to keep them going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and do a lot of ministry over time. We're probably
0: we're probably the same like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. So I mean, what? Yeah. What I. I mean, I was a part. Fashion and Confession was launched out of the church that I went to here in Charlotte. Um. And and I did another conference affiliated with that. And um. And so it was really, really exciting and awesome in the first several years. And and then as we had to start putting in a lot of processes, you know, we started to grow, it became more stressful to me and not as full of joy as it was in the first several years. And it, it started, honestly, it started to feel a little bit more like a burden. And so I think that over time I was able to, I prayed a lot about it and, um, and really, but wanted to see, I saw that the work was so effective and that it was really making a difference in the women's lives and wanted the work to continue with or without me. And so, after a lot of prayer um and tears, I um really prayed uh, in in the fall in the fall of 2018 that the Lord would raise someone up to take over and he did like just within 6 months. Wow. Yeah. It, was a mir- it felt like a major miracle. But that's probably a huge personal revelation that I had through the process was just Understanding that about myself, and that that's okay,
0: you know yeah. that yeah. that's how
1: God's created me, and that I should embrace that
0: <laughs> so as so, uh, you have a special anniversary coming up then about ten years coming yes. up for it, yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely we do, yeah, ten year celebration next year, so that's yeah hard
0: to really, yeah, hard. so that's pretty amazing, mm-hmm. so tell us about the women that you serve locally how how are they referred to you,
1: yeah, the women. Um, are referred to Fashioning Passion through our community partners, which are mostly organizations that serve um, women in transition. So the women we serve first are women coming out of trafficking, addiction, incarceration, domestic abuse, as well as refugees and immigrants who are overcoming persecution often in their own communities. I mean, Mm -hmm. also a lot of trauma just in the immigrant journey. Um, And so uh so they're referred to us by yeah our by our partners which are you know homes for women in recovery homes for women that are coming out of incarceration um, homes for women that are in uh, vulnerable situations like the, uh, Florence, Crittenden is an, or Florence Crittenden is an organization locally that helps young pregnant women, but also some other young women that are have aged out of foster care and things like that, um, as well as, you know, transition homes for women coming out of trafficking. And we have a couple partners that work specifically with refugees and immigrants. That's pretty
0: amazing. Um, I'm sure you've got numerous success stories. Um, Can you just share one with us? I mean, of course, not using any names, but just, you know, something that just really stands out, just one of those God things.
1: Yeah, one of my, um, I have a few favorite stories, but one of my favorite stories is a woman who is coming out of um, addiction. And she had lived in severe, I mean, she was addicted to alcohol from her first drink at age 11. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, she'd been sexually abused as a child. She she lived in addiction for well over 30 years, I think over 35 years. And I've known some people in my own life who struggled with addiction, who I've felt like hopeless about in my own, in my, in my own, like, I, like, you know, you kind of, there's a sense of sometimes with someone that you kind of give up hope in some ways to just protect yourself. And I didn't know, I didn't know this woman when she was like that, but that is my sense of who she was from what she's told me about her family relationships and other relationships. Everyone had given up hope on her being able to overcome her addiction. Mm. And um, yet God, right. Because, He moved so powerfully in her life through a series of events that she she ended up in this recovery facility in Charlotte, um, was referred to Fashion and Compassion. And she really embraced um, the transformed life of Christ in a way that that I really have not seen very often. She um she every I mean she she reconciled with her two daughters that mm. she had, but had not been able to raise because of her addiction. She's now actually living as a grandmother with one of them and helping raise her granddaughter. Oh, wow. Um, she's been a sponsor to many other women coming out of addiction. Um, and and she just is incredibly responsible. If mm-hmm. you... Um, you know, like if we set a meeting or we were planning to meet somewhere, like she would always be early. And one time I asked her, I was like, why, why are you always early? Like, you know, you're always so on time. And you know, I was just kind of, I'm not that on time. And, um, and she said, because no one could depend on me for so many years that I be mm. in that, to, to, uh, you know, I refuse to kind of put myself back in that.
0: Wow. And that question,
1: again, that she wants to, she's just really Changed her name and who she is, I mean, and isn't that what Christ does he changed yes yes and absolutely. So, yeah, and so she's still doing incredibly well, so that's amazing,
0: so do you have mentors for the ladies, or what what does that look like? We do. We have
1: it's not like a one on one. It's more like small group mentoring.
0: So
1: the women within our weekly jewelry projects, the women come for about four hours. They make jewelry about half the time. And then we do a lunch and learn where we feed them lunch. And we do typically it's like a Bible study or it could be something very specific related to needs that they have. Um, you know, like maybe resume writing or, you know, how to interview for a job, or we've, we've done all kinds of things, healthcare, you know, diff- different issues during that time. But most often it is a Bible study. And then we do like some small group mentoring time where we'll have a couple of volunteer mentors who will come in and we'll facilitate a discussion with them and, and kind of go, get more at the heart of what their needs are. And then we have also someone on staff who works with them on what we call an artisan empowerment plan, which mm-hmm. is where we kind of, of break down that those, what those needs are and what they're, what they need for the future, what their goals are and the steps that they need to achieve them. So, and they can be spiritual, unlike a ton of traditional case management plan, you know, they can be spiritual, emotional, as well as kind of more physical needs. Okay. Okay.
0: So how do you partner with the local church?
1: Yeah. So, so, well, first of all, like I mentioned a little bit earlier, we were really founded by a local church that I was, (laughs) I was a part of and um, was, had, was working in some ministries with them. And we started selling the beads to women in the local church um, and then that kind of grew into Fashion and Compassion, which didn't feel like it quite belonged as a part of the local church. So, mm-hmm. so with the blessing of the church, which is still one of our biggest supporters, they launched us um, as as a nonprofit. And then when we started doing the um, the weekly jewelry projects, I reached out to uh, another local church who has a ton of, it's a big campus and they have a lot of space, but they happen to be located in an area that has a lot of human trafficking. And, um, and so I reached out to, I happened to have met briefly the pastor's wife at that church. And I reached out to her and um, she emailed me back immediately crying, saying that she had just been praying that God would open up a door for them to be able to, um, to do more work right there in the neighborhood surrounding the church. And so we, we, so we really launched with that church in their local community, um, the, the, the weekly jewelry projects. And they, both churches have sent tons of volunteers to be a part of our work. They've continued to support us. We've done sales and events with the local church, obviously pre COVID, (laughs) but, (laughs) um, but they've been really huge, huge supporters. And we've, we've worked to bring the women as a part of their artisan empowerment plan. You know, there's a spiritual element to it and where possible, we really try to connect the women to a local church. you know, it's not always the are the churches that support us aren't always the best fit for them, but trying to really work with them to identify what's the best fit, knowing that having that local church community is so important to them in their long term
0: spiritual growth. That is so major. Um, and do these women, I'm sure they typically have kids and families and, you know, other people that they're trying to support as well.
1: Yeah, it's you know, some have some have children, some have lost like kind of like the woman I was sharing about, they, um, their children, they, they may or may not, um, have custody of their kids right now. So oftentimes that's a huge, um, prayer request, whether it's regaining partial custody or just rebuilding relationships with grown children. So, Mm -hmm. um, so it kind of depends on the situation. I mean, oftentimes when they're coming to, well, the refugees and immigrants, they all, they, most of them do have children that are in their home. It's like a very different situation for them, but for the women that are kind of more in transition, oftentimes they do not currently have custody of their kids, um, Mm -hmm. at least not full time. So Uh, The Doves Nest, which is one of our partners, they do have some um, spaces for women with children, uh, but oftentimes most of these homes are not like they just don't have space for women to
0: be able to bring their children. Yeah. Yeah. That's very difficult. How, how can listeners support Fashion and Compassion?
1: Yeah. Well, the best way you can support is actually by shopping with Fashion and Compassion. Yep. <laughs> so if you check out the website, www.fashionandandcompassion.com, and you can see all of the products, um, both made here in Charlotte and with our international artists and partners. Um, we also accept donations. We um, really and initially we were largely funded by the product sales but as we've grown and implemented more programs and and things and really um we've needed to to raise to raise funds so that that's definitely another option but um but shopping is always great you can host events once you can again <laughs> either yes. sometimes people can host them in their home or at your church and um you know or connect us to to those types of things and and share about us follow us on social media or on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and all that so okay
0: so that's good to know so you all are everywhere then <laughs> yeah we are, we really are Well, I know you said that you're no longer involved in the day to day operations because you are a connector. Uh, What are you doing now?
1: Yeah, well, um, right now I've been involved in a few different things. I've joined a few boards of some organizations, which at first I wasn't sure I would I, that I would love to do that, but I've actually really been enjoying that experience, kind of taking what I've learned from my experience with Fashion and Compassion, and I've served on some other boards as well, and being able to apply it to these organizations. So that's been fun. Um, recently, how we met was um, I co-facilitated two Be the Bridge uh, discussion groups, which Be the Bridge is really, um, it's, well, it was started by Latasha Morrison, and it's really about racial reconciliation within the church. And um, it was, uh, the experience that we had was really beautiful. I mean, it was hard um, too. We had a lot of discussions basically for listeners who aren't familiar. It's a group, our group was about 20 women each, yeah. but normally they're not quite that big, but it was really half women of color and half white women. And we really looked at, um, looked at issues from awareness, lament, um, shame and guilt, confession, repentance, um, reparations, as well as forgiveness. i I know I'm not going in the exact order here, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, and, re- you know, restoration and re- reproduction. And I think it's, we had some incredible discussions. All of our eyes were opened, um, to, to the ways that we can really love and support one another and, and, and especially around systemic systemic racism within um our country and specifically for me, really within the white evangelical church has really been eye-opening. And so, um, so God is, you know, definitely speaking to me some of the boards that I'm on. I feel like he's put me in a position to be able to speak up about some of these issues. And so, um, so that's that's definitely something that I'm really passionate about and just continuing to pray about how God can use me and the places that I have an influence to speak up um yeah yeah that was that
0: yeah, that was a good. Um, you know, we were able to connect in mm-hmm. that way, and it was a very um, rewarding experience. And um, and tough at times. and yeah. tough to, to to really do the hard work, uh, but so necessary. Um, well, there are listeners who may know of women who are going through challenges and um, want to support them, or they may be someone listening who is mm-hmm. in a season of struggle. Um, as we wrap up. Will you just take a moment and just pray for women locally and globally who need to know God is there even during their season of challenge and for those who are looking for ways to support women uh locally and globally.
1: Yeah, I'd love to. Thanks. Lord Jesus, we just come before you and we know that this season is a season of so much pain and difficulty and um insecurity and uncertainty, but Lord, thank you that you are the God of certainty. And even when we don't know what's coming next or what might be around the corner, that you do know and that we can trust you. And so, Lord, for those listeners right now that may be caught in a really difficult situation where, and and are just struggling mentally and emotionally with everything that's been going on and and the myriad of ways that it's impacting their lives, Lord, I just pray that you would just be with them right now. Make your presence known to them. Father, help them know how much you love them, that you're there for them, and I pray too that you would just open up the resources, mm-hmm. Father. We we lack resources, we lack knowledge, but you are you have abundance. You have access to everything, to all the resources and all the knowledge that that this woman needs right now in order to to access um, to to get what she needs. And so we just pray that you would provide for her. We pray too for just the women that fashion and compassion is serving right now we just ask mm-hmm. that you would um that you would strengthen each of those women so that they can have a story like the one that i shared about my friend who mm-hmm. really overcame such incredible odds um and where where this world um had given up on her but you had not given up on her so thank mm-hmm. you that you do not give up on us and so for for all of those people just um that people all those women where um where the world and maybe their family has given up on them, Lord, I pray that you would help them know that you haven't given up on them. I pray that you would meet them wherever they are. Let them know that all that you are just um, a prayer away and that they can reach out to you. And I pray that you would also just show up tangibly in their lives with someone who um, loves you and who has the desire to be the hands of feet in Jesus in their lives. So Lord, I thank you so much for this time that we could be together today. And I just pray that you would just um, continue to work and bless. And for those people who um, desire to get connected um, to a ministry like Fashion and Compassion in their own community, I thank you for their desire. And I just pray that you would just open up those opportunities for them um, to be able to serve and to be able to be your hands
0: and feet. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Michelle. It was good seeing you again. Absolutely. And it's been an honor to have you on Tea Time to all of our listeners. I look forward to connecting with you the next time. Be blessed of the Lord.